0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. From exotic locales a continent away to weekend stays down the highway. Pack a suitcase and your vacation imagination. It's time for the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Hi, I'm Chris Robinson and welcome to the Chris Robinson Travel Show, where for the next hour, we're going to take you on a trip of a lifetime. This week, the Travel Show is going to take you halfway across the world to the exotic continent of Africa. Just close your eyes and imagine a sunset spreading across the broad horizon of the Serengeti plains. Starkly picked out in a reddish glow, there is a silhouette of an acacia tree and one lone giraffe. It is truly a privilege to visit a place on our planet where the view is still untouched by man and where animals live free and unencumbered in their natural habitats. So this week, The Travel Show is going on safari in Africa. And before I introduce you to my guests on the show, come with me to Africa on a travel show magic moment. I left the top camp 15,000 feet up on Kilimanjaro with John, my local guide, at 1 o'clock in the morning. We trudged up the steep volcanic crater in the darkness at the head of a line of fellow trekkers, our headlamps barely penetrating a few yards ahead. It was like a scene from Lord of the Rings... As the hours of darkness and our toil crept by, the slope steepened and the line of climbers stretched apart. At 4.30 in the morning, John and I reached the crater rim with no sight or sound of others. Here the snows of Kilimanjaro glowed eerily beneath our feet in the starlight, and we passed towering glacier ice, phosphorescing as the sky began to lighten imperceptibly. We traverse the crater rim, gaining height until suddenly there was no more height to gain. It's a few minutes before 6 a.m., just before dawn, and we stand at 19,340 feet on the summit of Kilimanjaro. John and I are alone on the roof of Africa as the first rays of the sun break over the horizon, and seemingly the whole of Africa is at our feet, lit by a golden light in an image. That is as magical as it is unforgettable. Well, to help us experience these sights and sounds and smells of Africa, let me introduce you to two people who have lived and breathed travel in Africa and who have recently set up a specialized travel company to help other people book their perfect trip to this dream destination. My guests for today's show, my longtime friend Janine Dalton, and her husband and partner in Serengeti Safari Co., Michael. Welcome to The Travel Show, Janine and Michael. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's great to have you here. And Let's start off today, just in case anyone needs any encouragement whatsoever, just give our listeners an understanding of the, the kinds of experiences that they can expect on a safari vacation.
2: Well, coming on safari is certainly a special experience. For a lot of people, it's a trip of a lifetime. And uh, certainly when you travel to East Africa, it's, it's just that. It's very epic. Um, Tanzania is such a beautiful place. It's got many, many wild uh, destinations you can go to. And fortunately enough, a lot of these places are packed into one area in Tanzania that's very accessible to get to. You can go to several national parks. It's got things like uh, the Serengeti, Kilimanjaro. Lots of great wildlife experiences. They have the largest migration of land animals there. Um, It's just fantastic. I love that word epic. I think that's so so fitting
1: for this. And, of course, safari expeditions, vacations, call it what you will, are not just for the, the fit and able. They're there for, for all people, for young and old alike.
3: Absolutely. This is one of the things that I love about safaris and about traveling in East Africa. There's really something for every age from people who are young to people who are young at heart and every ability as well when you're on safari. Um, what we do is that we tailor things 100% to be not only our clients' interests, but also their physical preferences. Um, There's a variety of accommodations as well. So if you're looking for something more basic, that's available. If you're looking for all the bells and whistles, there's some luxury like you've never seen it before.
1: Wonderful. Okay, well, we always start our shows with a fast facts section, and we're going to do that for this show as well to give us a a kind of better understanding of this amazing location. So, are you both up for this?
3: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so (laughs) here
1: we go.
2: Um, What is the population and the geographical size of Tanzania? Okay, Tanzania is actually quite big, it's got 48 million people. And the size, uh, geographically, it's about the same size as Ontario. So when you tend to think of Africa, you think of um, states in the United States, they're much bigger than that. Wow. And how many languages in this vast area?
3: Well, they're officially, Swahili and English are the official languages, but because Tanzania contains the most tribal groups in Africa, there are about 130 tribes, each with a distinct language.
1: Okay, so that's going to take some mastering. (laughs) How about the the number of uh, African countries that border with Tanzania?
2: You're going to test me here. Um, There's a lot. I think in total, there are eight. Uh, You got Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, Democratic Republic of Congo, Zambia, Malawi and Mozambique. And it's also bordered by the Indian Ocean as well.
1: We shouldn't forget that Indian Ocean. We've got to talk about that a little bit later too. Uh, When did Tanzania become a country?
3: Unbelievably, this was actually quite recent. It was April 26, 1964, and that was when Tanganyika and Zanzibar merged. And just a side note with that, Tanzania is one of the most stable countries in Africa.
1: That's important to note, I think particularly for people planning a vacation there. Uh, oh, this is an easy one. Where is Africa's highest mountain? <laughs>
3: Chris, you already gave this one <laughs> this away. It's a gimme, isn't it? <laughs> Did you know that it is in Tanzania? Oh, right. It's uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, and it's 19,340 feet. Right.
1: Wow. So it's one of the seven summits, I guess, and the continental high points. Uh, what percentage of the landmass of Tanzania is preserved for wildlife? Uh,
2: it's quite big, actually. It's 40 per- 44% of the country, and it's either protected as a national park, a game reserve, or a community conservation area. And they also have several marine parks as well.
1: That's huge. How many species of animals can you see?
3: Get ready for some big numbers here, Chris. (laughs) Um, Tanzania has the largest concentration of wild animals per square kilometre in the world. So you can see 430 species and subspecies of fauna. And here's the biggest number, 1,226 species of birds.
1: And how many have you seen?
3: That is a very good question.
1: <laughs> All, I think. I, I, actually, you know what? When, when people plan these, these safari trips, I think people forget
2: about the bird life. You, yes. you concentrate on the animals. But yes. the
1: bird life is fabulous.
2: Yeah, Tanzania and East Africa is just incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, one of the highest highest concentrations. You can just see so many there. Okay. You can
3: even see them when you're staying at various lodges. So it's not like you have to go on an epic safari. Sometimes you're just sitting having breakfast, yeah. and you can be noticing all the the birds around you.
1: It's ah, fabulous, and and all this with the the largest
2: land migration on the planet.
3: Yes, and that's that happens.
1: From the Serengeti to the Maasai Mara?
2: Yeah. A lot of people actually think that the Serengeti and Maasai Mara are two separate places, but really they're part of one big ecosystem. And that also includes Ngorongoro as well. So you've got this area that's about 30,000 square kilometers. The migration takes place over a year. It's about 1.7 million animals, although it's give or take probably a couple of hundred thousand. And uh, they travel for about 800 kilometers throughout the year. That's driven by rains. Wow. And and this is uh, primarily wildebeest? Yes, wildebeest, but uh, also there are quite a number of zebra, and then you've got some other species which migrate on their own, like gazelles.
1: And then, of course, you have all the
2: predators in attendance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's just like one great... It's like a
1: mobile buffet pretty much for Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, Yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've heard a little bit about the destination itself. How does Serengeti Safari Co. actually help... Um, people to to actually experience all of this?
3: Well, quite simply, we don't sell set itineraries uh, because we've been to most of the places that people want to go in Tanzania. We can really personalize and tailor the safaris and match the experience to our clients' interests and needs. Whether it be something like a more active safari or birding or something very specific like seeing the wildebeest crossing the Mara Mm. River, we can get clients there at the right time.
1: Wow. And of course, your experience, Michael, you've been to Africa a few times. Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) How many? Um,
2: I stopped counting a few years back, but it's somewhere around 60 times or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I still can't get enough. I I always can't wait to go back. Mm -hmm.
3: We're also fortunate that we got to live there for, for several months at a time for the past few years.
2: Right. Okay. You
1: can see some wonderful images that you guys have taken on your website. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Which is?
3: It's SerengetiSafariCo.com.
1: OK. We'll be giving that out uh, several times during the course of this show. Don't go away. We're just going to uh, pitch our tents by the river and wait for the evening chorus of animal noises to serenade the sunset. And when we return, we'll find out more about safari vacations and experiences and how Serengeti SafariCo can help. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show.
3: This is Jim looking for bush babies on a night game drive. Here we are enjoying lunch in a Tanzania banana plantation. Oh, and this is us climbing Mount Kilimanjaro.
4: Why look at someone else's photos to see the African safari you could have had? To do what you want, where you want, book with Serengeti Safari Co. Visit SerengetiSafariCo.com. Serengeti Safari Co. Where the trip lives up to your expectations.
3: If you want to know what sets Let It Rain apart from other roofing companies, just ask their customers.
0: We had had the house extensively renovated about 18 years ago, and we had a very leaky roof at the back of our house. We patch it up and have problems and patch it up and these guys took care of it just lickety split. And nothing is more relieving as far as I'm concerned than an 18 year old problem that can be taken care of in an afternoon. I would recommend them in a heartbeat.
2: For an
3: efficient, fully guaranteed and properly installed roof system, visit letitrain.ca. The workmanship was excellent. Meticulous. We would definitely recommend them to family and friends.
0: We took the words right out of your mouth. Thank you to these customers and many more. Your votes of confidence are the reason Royal Home Improvements is Homestar's award-winning home improvement company. Isn't it the right time in your life for a new great room or a spacious master bedroom? Royal Home Improvement's design team can take any space and visualize more living, taking it from concept to completion. So dream big with a Royal Home Improvement's Home Edition and live better. First, ask Royal Home Improvement's how you can qualify for the Royal upgrade at no extra cost. It's a limited time offer and certain conditions apply. Looking for a home improvement company? Choose the award winner. Call Royal Home Improvement's at 416-236-4400 or visit royalhomeimprovements.ca seniors never pay tax with royal home improvements proud to partner with the sick kids foundation
4: we're rolling out the red carpet for a celebration of cinema's greatest musical moments with Hollywood Sings, live on stage at the Drayton Festival Theatre, featuring classics like Stormy Weather, Moon River, and Singing in the Rain, alongside contemporary scores from Mamma Mia, Ghost, The Rose, and Titanic, and of course, all your Disney favorites. Don't miss Hollywood Sings, August 5th to August 23rd at the Drayton Festival Theatre. Call 519-638-5555 or visit DraytonFestivalTheater.com.
5: There's an overhyped and overpriced condo on every corner. Seen one, seen them all. Then there's Richmond Springs, the un-condo with resort-style luxury and pricing at least one-third less than the typical condo. That's right choosing a suite in richmond springs means you pay at least one third less you save even more with low monthly fees plus for a limited time richmond springs is offering design upgrades worth up to two thousand dollars richmond springs be intrigued by the price be amazed by the
0: luxury register now at richmondsprings.com what the world needs now is more of the chris robinson travel show on zoomer radio
1: the new am 740 Hi, I'm Chris Robinson and welcome back to The Travel Show. We have our binoculars firmly focused on the horizon, looking for wildlife as we're talking all things safari this week. And I'm joined on the show by Janine and Michael Dalton, founders of Serengeti Safari Co. Just before the break, Michael, we were talking about the Serengeti Safari Company, uh, Serengeti Safari Co. You can create a completely personalised safari for each one of your clients.
2: Yes, exactly. Um, And probably the best way to describe is there's just so much to do in East Africa. And being that it's your first time traveling or if you've gone there, there's just so much to do. And getting all the information about when to go, where to go, and then throw in the challenges of the time of year to go. Um, there's just so much to come up with. And what we do is we help guide people through that to, uh, to figure out what their interests are, what they're, uh, what they're interested in, in actually doing rather than saying, here's the itinerary we set with you. So if you prefer something that's a little more active, we can definitely sort that out for you. Uh, if you're interested in birding, be it uh, a specific thing like the migration or a, a specific aspect of that, maybe it's the when they give birth, Um, We help you pinpoint exactly what you want to see at the time.
1: And that's based, of course, on your vast experience.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think everything comes down to timing there. And, and you really need to know when you need to go for that time of the year. And you don't want to show up in an area where there's nothing. The animals have moved off mm. because of the, the rains. So people don't realize how big these areas are. You tend to think of parks as something being rather small. but um, <laughs> size, <in> Africa, <laughs> yeah, Some of these parks are the size of small European countries. Yeah. So you need to know where in that, in that area you have to go at that time of year. And we help people guide through that.
1: And that personalization extends to accommodations, for instance.
2: Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it can be anything. Uh, certainly, Africa has has the complete spectrum of places. Like, you tend to think of it as being a third world country, or you tend to think of it as uh, not something that you can get luxury, but you can do everything from basic camping all the way up to five-star a night. And these are uh, could be tented lodges with king-size beds, <laughs> Beautiful showers and, you know, it ends up getting pricey and uh, they certainly have like five-star meals uh, with some of the best chefs trained in Europe and stuff like that. So really what you can get there is, is the complete spectrum. Hmm. And Janine, we were talking about, again, this,
1: this customization. So if a family wants to take their young children on safari, you can make that happen too.
3: Definitely. That's one of the things that excites me most because we've taken our family as well as a couple of other families on safari with us. Um, And I think this is the... Probably the group that needs to customize most because there are different ages and abilities. Um, Often it'll be maybe children and grandparents going, you know, children, grandchildren, grandparents. Um, But it's also a lot of different interests and different activity levels. So we ask a lot of questions when we're talking to clients and sort of figure out what are you interested in? What are your children interested in? How can we best match the experience to what you'd like? Now, oftentimes that'll be things like staying at a lodge with a pool some of the time. Um, it could be staying in a, a special camp, a, a, the Lake Manyara River Camp, which is right on a river. You know, the kids can climb up the waterfalls, they can play in the right. river. So it's that out of car time balanced with the seeing all the animals.
1: And you can actually advise because, as you say, you've taken your young children uh, out to, uh, to Tanzania yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. I actually think that this is In terms of um, education and enrichment and and that kind of thing, it's one of the most enriching experiences you can have with your children. And I do specifically say have with your children because it's not just about the kids. Um, It is about the animals, the behavior, how they interact, the cultures of Tanzania, the languages. But to me, it's more than that. It's the, the bonding experiences, it's the things that you do with your children when they're likely a bit younger, you know, when they still want to travel with you, that they look back and you look back as a family when you're older and you say, do you remember when we saw that elephant? And it was so amazing. And so that's the, you know, you have those memories to, to look back on in those group experiences.
1: I'm absolutely at one with you on this. We, we took both of our boys on safari, I guess, when they were about three years old um, for the first time. And... There are, there are so many magical moments to mm-hmm. to, to think back on. Uh, it is, I, I, I think everyone should plan to to uh, if they can to take their their family uh, out to Africa and, and to experience this for themselves. And it doesn't, of course, have to be just the, um, the mom and, uh, and and the kids. It, these days, multi generational yeah. family groups, I think, are increasingly common.
3: That's and that's what we often see. Um, I remember that. Almost every time we go to Africa, Tanzania or Kenya, my parents seem to like to join us. <laughs> and, and it's wonderful. And it's wonderful. So it's it's a really great time for them with the grandchildren with us. So it's it's pretty terrific.
1: What are the most important things to, to bear in mind when you're you're planning a, a family vacation with uh, with the kids in Africa?
3: I would say probably two things um, for. And this, you know, it might be a little bit of traveling with children in general, but it's choosing the itinerary actually Mm. building the itinerary to suit your family and your children's personalities. And by that, I mean, for example, um, we had a group recently, and that was including us, with a a four-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Wow,
2: that's ambitious. (laughs) And
3: and four adults. I'll just say there were four adults.
2: And our kids are active, too, or at least our our smallest is very active. We we had some...
3: Activity time there. So what we did for that was we just made sure that we had absolutely the game drives and seeing all the animals, which was spectacular. We also made sure that we had time in camp. Um, so when we were doing staying at the, the green camps, we would – you know, sometimes we would spend an afternoon in camp where just mm. the, the hours where it's too hot, the animals aren't doing a lot, the kids could play in the river. Um, we stayed at a place that had a pool. We definitely went to the coast and had some beach time and some snorkeling time. Good point. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: I I think that combination works very well, too. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, it does. It does. Now, the second thing that I'll mention just about tips about um, family safaris is if you want to make it more educational for your child, which we have always chosen to do ourselves, um, you can do something like... Actually, at any age, I was going to say if they're younger, give them a camera. Mm. At any age, a camera is such a marvelous tool. And, you know, when our four-year-old had the camera, it was a different experience than when our eight-year-old did. Mm. But it's still wonderful to see. Mm. Um, The other thing would be, you know, you can have a journal. They can write a journal or do a blog. And that way it's not just for them, but it extends it to when they're doing a presentation at school. If they choose to, then they're able to use that as a tool.
2: Yes, what I did in my holidays. <laughs> yeah. yep. it, it also yep. makes it more interactive for them mm-hmm. too, yeah. and they enjoy it. It's not just about looking at wildlife; it's it's being a part of it. I yeah. certainly enjoy looking at the photos afterwards. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff. In there.
0: <laughs>
2: I enjoy just
1: looking into their eyes as they see, yeah. you know, a lion in the wild for the first time, hmm. or or maybe a cheetah cub. You know, yeah. it's, wow. It's, With it's, their
3: eyes round as saucers. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Um. Wow. What insider's tips would you come up with for, I mean, from your knowledge now of taking your kids on, on vacation like this? Any, any particular tips?
2: Uh, I just think uh, a bit of variety is definitely a good thing. Yeah, uh, spice of life. The great thing that we have with uh, Tanzania is that there's so much variety to the park. Yeah. So you could be looking at flamingos in Lake Minora and then the next day you're in Ngorongoro Crater, which is spectacular and completely different. You can get closer to the bigger game. Uh, and then you have the Serengeti, which is, is just spectacle. Uh, because there's so many animals okay. around, and it just give, gives them a lot of variety to be able to do. Yeah, and break it up, make sure that you're not always in the same place at the same time uh, so they're not seeing the same things day after day. And it really helps for their personal enjoyment as well because kids, after all, only have so much attention span. Yeah, so. and uh, adults too as well. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> let's, let's
1: talk about uh, active uh, um, vacations for, for the adults here in, in Tanzania. Yeah,
2: certainly. Um, like, you certainly don't have to confine yourself to a vehicle. There there was – for a long time, there was a trend where just everything went into the vehicles and nobody would get out or do Mm. uh, active stuff. That's slowly been coming back in more and more. Uh, In the Serengeti, in other parks, you can get out and actually do walking safaris. So it could be anything from a couple hours up to two or three days and you can do multiple day stuff where you hike from one camp to the next to the next. And uh, you can walk with the migration. You can uh, do things like walk elephants, which is, is quite thrilling. And getting out of the car also helps to to build on the other senses as well. So you're not, not just looking at uh, the animals. You're you're using your senses as well because there's, you know, that element of danger. Or, yeah. uh, just wondering what's lurking that you can't see and then looking at the small things.
3: The other thing I'd add to that is that I know um – my, my parents have gone on this and quite a few people that we have sent there have gone. And they appreciate that it's for all ability levels.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely true. We're going to be talking more about that, of course, uh, on, in the next segment. Um, and I'll point you towards the com website for all the information. Some great photography. And we must talk about that, too, in the next segment. Yes,
2: definitely.
1: Um, As well, of course, you can find all the contact points and websites and lots more information at the chrisrobinsontravelshow.com website. We're going to be right back after a quick break to put on our hiking boots and we'll be back to talk about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain not only in Tanzania but also on the whole African continent. You're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show.
3: This is Jim looking for bush babies on a night game drive. Here we are enjoying lunch in a Tanzania banana plantation. Oh, and this is us climbing Mount Kilimanjaro.
4: Why look at someone else's photos to see the African safari you could have had? To do what you want, where you want, book with Serengeti Safari Co. Visit SerengetiSafariCo.com. Serengeti Safari Co. Where the trip lives up to your expectations.
6: Meet the Auric Dual Max, the most powerful air purifier Auric has ever made. We call it the Dual Max because it has two fans, but the real magic happens because of its extra large size Truman cell. The patented Truman cell is an electrostatic cell that attracts dust, smoke, pollen, and pollution to its 32 surfaces, and it never needs costly replacement. Just rinse it clean. Your home will feel so much fresher and cleaner as these pollutants are continuously cleaned from 900 square feet every day. Every hour. Ideal for asthma and allergy sufferers, pet owners, and anyone who wants to breathe fresh, clean air. There's no filters to replace. There's a five year warranty, and of course our Oric Guarantee. Try the Oric Dual Max in your home. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Breathe easier. Come to the Oric Center, 7780 Woodbine Avenue, one eight seven seven nine three six seventy three twenty five. That's one eight seven seven nine three six seventy three twenty five.
2: School's out. Time to explore the world. Discover a new book
3: at your public library. Splash at the community pool. Name the trees in your neighbourhood. Play soccer. Count the stars you can see. Walk, skip, swing or cycle. This summer, let's help kids develop a lifelong love of learning by being active and having fun. A message from the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Building better schools for all our kids.
5: Celebrating 20 years of extraordinary, the Ottawa International Chamber Music Festival presents two weeks of glorious music. Come to Canada's capital and enjoy performances by the greatest names in solo and ensemble performance, including Sandra Radwanovsky, John Kamura Parker, Janina Filkaska, the complete chamber works of J.S. Bach, plus jazz, gypsy punk, and Handel's first oratorio. Ottawa Chamberfest, July 24th to August 7th. Order tickets and festival passports at ottawachamberfest.com.
0: He's been there, done that, and wants to go back. You're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio, the new
1: AM 740. Welcome back to the Chris Robinson Travel Show, and we're talking about travelling to Tanzania with Michael and Janine Dalton, owners of Serengeti Safari Co. And if you want to find out more about their customised safari and adventure vacations in Africa, then go to their website at www.serengetisafarico.com. And you can also find links to further information under the Destinations tab and Africa on the Travel Show website. Michael, we've been talking about safaris, and of course, one huge part of the bragging rights that you come back with from an adventure like this are some amazing photographs.
2: Yes, of course. And uh, just a little bit of a side note, uh, in addition to doing the safaris, I am a wildlife filmmaker. So I spend a lot of time in Africa there with my camera going, and uh, I shoot TV series, but I also shoot a lot of photos as well. And just, uh, you know, it's my passion, so I really love doing that.
1: And you can see some of that passion on your website.
2: Hopefully, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, well, what tips do you offer then for photographers going on a, a trip to Tanzania? Well,
2: I think it, I think it's definitely varied. Uh, certainly when it comes to photography, um, think ahead, bring spare batteries. So, <laughs> well, I, I don't know how many times I go out there and I just hear people, oh, my battery died. Oh, Always was. have a couple. Have an extra card or two because you will shoot thousands of photographs. There's just so much to see out there. Then the other thing I think you need to look at is uh, to make sure that you have uh, a lens that's going to get you in that mm. distance. Some places you can get really close to the animals. Some places you're a bit further away. You know, you want to have that reach, maybe a 200 mil lens, a 300 mil lens. But at the end of the day, just remember to enjoy yourself too. You don't always have to look through the lens to get a good thing. Take time, enjoy the moment.
1: Absolutely. Don't live the experience through the the lens of a camera. Yeah, Yeah, that's just part of it.
2: I spend way too much time doing that, so (laughs) I actually like just sitting back and watching the animals. Well, you and
1: I share not just a love of photography, but also of active adventures and mountains. And I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro but just the once. You're just back from doing it for the third
2: time. Yes, yes. I think the first time up, I said never again, but then, <laughs> uh, you know, things just change really quickly.
1: <laughs> now, this isn't a technical climb, is it? For our, for our listeners, this is something which they could actually aspire to do.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the draw to Kilimanjaro is that it's the tallest mountain in the world that's pretty much accessible to most people. Uh, it's, one, as you mentioned earlier in the show, it's one of the seven summits, so it's the tallest mountain in Africa. Um, and in order to do the seven summits along with Everest and the other ones, you, you have to do Kili. But uh, it's non-technical. There are some routes that do have technical elements in it, but pretty much if you're reasonably fit, you stand a good chance of getting to the top.
1: And there's really no age limit in doing so?
2: No, I, th- I think it's just fitness. And even that, uh, you know, you can get there and really push yourself as well. I've seen people as young, I think, the, in the groups that I've been with. I've had a 16-year-old and I think I've had an 82-year-old. So it's been wow. really the broad spectrum.
1: I'm I'm told, in fact, that in some ways it, it actually increases your chances of getting to the top if uh, if you're over 40 – and if you're female, because in both cases, you're probably going to be taking it more slowly and more steadily.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they say in Africa. They have a saying, it's called poly poly, and it just yeah. means go slowly. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're not in a rush to get to the top. It's more about the journey. And thinking too, the word safari in Africa, and safari can relate to anything. It just means journey. And you need to take the time and have the experience. It's not... Uh, necessarily about making the summit it's it, mm. enjoy the journey along the way yeah and it's not a race no no yeah. if anything it, it works against you when you go too fast so. yeah, I, can,
1: I can close my eyes and hear John my my guide on the mountain saying pole
2: pole yeah. all the time <laughs>
1: <laughs> just yeah. trying to restrain which is funny because
2: if you just use pole once it means empathy but I think there must be some sort of <laughs> correlation there so if someone
1: was preparing for for this trek yeah. how, what would you what would you suggest the best things they could be doing uh,
2: It depends you, you you definitely want to have an element of fitness to uh, to your regime, but you don't need to go out and run kilometers and stuff like that. I actually recommend actually going for long hikes. You know, mm. if you need to do uh, go somewhere that's 15 kilometers away, throw on a 10 pound pack and just go and walk, and that will get you probably just as much as going for a run would. Uh, you need to be reasonably fit because the last day is a killer. And I'm sure you, you <laughs> yeah, remember, I remember the last it well. <laughs> day. It's, um, there's sort of a theory that each day gets twice as hard, but the end day is just yeah. is just brutal. But, you know, it's, it's good. You just need to push yourself to your, your uppermost limits and uh, hopefully you have success.
1: Yes, I was uh, rereading someone's account of climbing Kilimanjaro and they're saying you actually learn more about yourself than you do about the mountain. And I think that's probably mm. true.
2: Yeah, you learn how to dig deep there, certainly on the last day. The first few days are challenging, but nothing like the last day.
1: Now, you will will take uh, customers to, to Kilimanjaro, but you generally don't go up the the, the mostly the most used route?
2: No, um, there's so many. That's the thing with Kilimanjaro is it's, I think, got six or seven yeah. routes on it that you can take. And uh, the most common ones tend to be the less scenic. Uh, so we tend to choose some of the alternative routes that take you more through the valleys and that they do tend to be a little more challenging earlier on. But I also think that helps you later on, too, because if you're not challenged in your first few days, you're really going to find that last day hard. Uh, but it's nothing beyond the realm of most active people, though. And you
1: climb up through these vegetation zones. This is one of the things that just amazes me. You start in in kind of thick, dripping jungle with monkeys screaming overhead. And then you go through these. It's almost like a geography textbook.
2: Yeah, there's actually five climatic zones there. It's the most found anywhere in one place in the world that you can actually go from start to finish through in, in a short period of time. So you start in the savanna down, you go into the rainforest, up into the heather, the heath. Into the alpine grasses, and finally up into the Arctic regions to minus 20 or minus 30. Or, in the my last one last month was uh, a nice storm and 100 kilometer an hour winds, which was wow. quite, really interesting. <laughs> but your two
1: previous ones, I think you were lucky enough, like I was, to actually be up there in. in the yeah. Great yeah,
2: the nights are always cold because once yeah. it's dark, it gets really cold and it's exposed. But uh, the daytime temperatures, the summit goes from like minus 10 to maybe plus 10. And you could sunbathe at the top, but um, there certainly wasn't any of that this time. <laughs> and, and your
1: particular routes that you take uh, um, travellers up... Uh, you, you spend an extra day at least on the mountain to acclimatize.
2: Yeah, we either push either the six or the six, seven or eight day right. uh, treks, which gives you that extra day of acclimatization. Uh, it takes you up to a higher altitude, then drops you back down low, which helps helps you acclimatize better. Uh, you can do the longer eight day route, which is incredibly scenic. They don't push you long each day, uh, each of the days, and you just get to see some amazing scenery along the way. And that's where it really becomes about the journey rather than pushing through to the summit. Yeah. And there's great food and stuff up there as well, too. So,
1: yeah, uh, tell me, tell me about the the food and the accommodation. How does that work?
2: Yeah, well, you, you tend to stay if the main uh, tourist routes. They stay in huts, which mm. usually are very uncomfortable. They're very noisy. Yes, uh, and yes, I remember it well. Smoky <laughs> and stuff. Uh, the ones that we use are only tents. Uh, they have great meals up there. It's amazing what people bring to the top.
1: Yeah, and, uh, it it, it seems to me that this is the way to go. I, I went up the, the most traveled route and, and those huts were... Well, I mean, they, they, had, they had the advantage that you met people from all over the planet who were, who were doing this at the same time, but they were noisy and uncomfortable. And, and I think if I were to do it again, and I would love... To, to climb Kilimanjaro again, yeah. I would certainly do one of the, uh, the routes that
2: you suggest. Yeah, great. We can just go after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't tempt me. I think at this stage I'm willing to go again no matter how many times because <laughs> it is quite beautiful. And
1: we shouldn't forget, of course, that it's a volcano.
2: Yes, actually, yeah. One of my personal passions. And uh, it is one and it could potentially be active again sometime in the future. It's not extinct.
1: Wow. OK, so this is the place to come to if you're thinking about going up Um, Mount Kilimanjaro I know it's on lots of people's bucket lists because I'm I'm asked about it uh, very often Uh, so I know where to send them now
2: Yes, and it definitely was on mine too, so that'd yeah, be great.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you can see uh, more about how to plan and book a trek to the top of Kilimanjaro, as well as lots of useful advice and expert tips at the serengetisafarico.com website. I'll also post my summit photograph on, uh, on Facebook uh, as well, so you can have a look at that. Uh, we'll take a quick break now to get our breath back from being at nearly 20,000 feet above sea level. But keep listening, as when we get back, we're going to be talking about how you can enhance your safari or Kilimanjaro climb, indeed, by seeing more of the real Tanzania. You're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show.
3: This is Jim looking for bush babies on a night game drive. Here we are enjoying lunch in a Tanzania banana plantation. Oh, and this is us climbing Mount Kilimanjaro.
4: Why look at someone else's photos to see the African safari you could have had? To do what you want, where you want, book with Serengeti Safari Co. Visit SerengetiSafariCo.com. Serengeti Safari Co. Where the trip lives up to your expectations. I need to replace my windows. So tell me, Norm, why should I choose Magic Window?
6: Because they're the top-rated window in North America. Tell me more. Magic Window has the highest security rating in the industry. Plus, they're the most energy efficient, and that's really going to save you money now that the air conditioning is running.
4: Energy savings, security, what else?
6: Call right now and save $100 per window. See
0: Magic Window this week at Oakville Place. Or call 1-866-OK-MAGIC. Adam and Kate are carpooling
5: home from work. Kate needs to make it to the bank before it closes. If the bank is 16 kilometers away and it's 4.15 p.m.
1: Um, I bank with Tangerine and I never have to
5: inconvenience anyone to do my banking.
6: It's kind of on the way, Adam.
5: We do this every week, Kate. Guys, kind of in the middle of something here. Sorry. Sorry. Banking with Tangerine. Now that's actually simple. Great rates, innovative products, no unfair fees, and 24-7 award-winning customer service. It's that simple. Learn more at tangerine.ca. Tangerine. Forward Banking.
0: Hi, I'm Richard Killen from Richard Killen and Associates. We're a trustee in bankruptcy with offices across the GTA. Nowadays, over half our customers do a consumer proposal. Surprising, isn't it? A consumer proposal provides results without having to go bankrupt and that's certainly what people seem to want. So call Richard Killen and Associates today for a free consultation. 888 888- 545-5365, or visit us online at K-I-L-L-E-N dot C-A. It may be the most stress relieving call you ever make. Now playing at the Shaw Festival, Cabaret.
1: welcome. cabaret, au cabaret, cabaret.
5: Sun Media calls the Shaw's Cabaret an artistic triumph. Breathtaking, says The Globe and Mail. CBC's Jean Gomeshi calls it powerful and provocative. Cabaret. Book your tickets today at ShawFest.com. The Shaw Festival, great theater in the heart of Niagara wine country.
0: The next time you pass a cyclist... Give them a wave. They just might be gearing up to end MS.
5: The new AM740 is the official radio sponsor of MS Bike events throughout Ontario.
0: Tune up your bike and get involved.
5: Help raise funds for MS research and services and show 100,000 Canadians living with MS that they're not facing the disease alone.
0: Register online at msbiketours.ca and follow the MS Bike Tour on Facebook and Twitter. Seeing the world through your radio. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel
1: Show on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to The Chris Robinson Travel Show, where this week we're on safari in Tanzania, a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience that should definitely be on everyone's bucket list. The experience of seeing magnificent animals in their own habitat is both humbling and truly exhilarating. Our game wardens on the show are Michael and Janine Dalton, owners of Serengeti Safari Co., who can customise your safari and really create a a unique travel experience for you in Tanzania. And when you go on safari in Tanzania, you do also contribute in a very real way to the people and the economy that protect those wonderful animals, don't you,
3: Janine? You definitely do. And this is really important to both of us at Serengeti Safari Co. Um, Tourism is the largest industry in Tanzania. And when you go with a company that pays ethical wages, you're not only supporting that person with the income, but often, in fact, 99% of the time, you're supporting their very large extended family. So we really find that if you're spending your money, it's really nice to know how far it is going and the impact that it's making.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you, you say that because we're getting more and more uh, queries from listeners about responsible travel. Mm-hmm. And I think that talks specifically mm-hmm. to that point.
3: It absolutely does. And, and the company that we work with, uh, Wayo Africa, what we really like is that the guides and all the staff are paid ethical wages. So, you know, the safari is not free. It's never going to be free, but you're making a difference with that money.
2: Mm. Uh, Michael, tell mm. us a bit about their green camps. Uh, the Green camps are actually quite interesting. It's, uh, there, as I said earlier, there's many spectrums. So you can have the lowest, which is more similar to our car camping here, right. or you can have the high end, which is luxury. Uh, we've sort of aimed in the middle, which is the medium medium level. And it's very difficult to get great experiences in the medium level. And uh, with Wayo, our partners there, they've got these incredible camps. And I, I've known the owner for for about 10 years. we worked together on films before uh, him as my host. And sort of I bought into his philosophy as he was developing this concept for these camps. And he really takes the time to choose the locations to be incredible. So you have these images in mind that you want. And being, being a photographer and stuff, yeah. I want stunning locations. And every one that he's put in, I think now he's got five camps that are spread throughout the Northern Circuit. And just spectacular, like this one that he has at Lake Manyara is set next to this incredible waterfall. And you can sit there at night having dinner with herds of elephants coming in to drink from the waterfall. Um, I was just there actually a couple of weeks ago, and we had a lioness who came up and just sat in the riverbed near where our tables were and stuff. And it was just a phenomenal experience. The other ones in the Serengeti are right in the middle of the migration. Uh, These are mobile camps. They're also low impact. They don't move every day, but what they do is they move with the migration. So maybe every month or every two to three months they'll move and put you right where the animals are. Because keep in mind, the Serengeti is big. It's probably the equivalent of, like, Luxembourg. And, uh, you know, when as the animals move through, there could be uh, 100, 200, maybe even 300 kilometers distance uh, from where the animals are at specific times of the year. So we put you right where the action is. Uh, you know, you could be s- asleep in your tent and have wildebeest come and graze right next to your tent, which is incredible. So you, uh, and so, safe. And, yeah, safe. and <laughs> safe. So the experience doesn't stop there. It continues throughout the nights. And uh, we tend to prefer these over the bigger lodges which remove you from that wildlife element at night because it's all about the sights and sounds and Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot more to it than just seeing animals
1: and as you say location 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 yes (laughs) i remember being in a a luxury uh, tented camp on the Mara river and being kept awake at night by the hippos bellowing away (laughs) yes exactly you do have a lot of
2: sleepless nights but usually you don't complain the next morning yeah
1: for all the right reasons yeah Yeah. Um, If you're going this far, I mean, halfway around the world, Tanzania is a long way to go, so worth it, obviously. But you want to see a little bit more of the the country and the people. Uh, What do you suggest and and do you make arrangements for, for these things?
3: There is a huge range. This is the, the benefit and the drawback, maybe. I don't know if this right. is negative. There's a, there are a lot of things you can do in Tanzania, which is why we like to sort of guide people and find out what their interests are. Some of the things might be, even while you're on safari, doing a walking safari which is such a fantastic way to, to really slow down, use your other senses. You might learn about the medicinal uses for plants. You might look at animal tracks. You might stop for an outdoor meal. Um, and it can be physically demanding if you want, but it can be leisurely. You might choose to go on a night safari and, and try to spot some nocturnal animals, maybe bush babies or gennets, porcupine civets, etc. Um, another thing that... A lot of our clients love, and we love, is going to the beach, and so Zanzibar is—it's a a huge draw. Um, It's part of a an archipelago known as the Spice Islands, and it's also a UNESCO World Heritage Center. So there's a lot to see there, um, from wandering around and admiring the historic buildings to shopping at the market. Of course, there's the white sand beach. You know, who like doesn't love that? Oh, and yeah. for us, the snorkeling and diving is is pretty tro- top-notch for us and our kids as well.
1: So this is in the Indian Ocean, of course.
2: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: yeah, so the waters are warm. <laughs> Michael. (laughs) Yes, definitely.
2: Um, But also too, like one thing that people forget is Africa is a place that once you go to it, you fall in love with Mm. it. So a lot of people, once they go, they need to go back. Mm -hmm. And where you might go on a sort of pre-packaged itinerary, if you do go back a second time, you want to do something different. You just don't want to tread over the same territories. And there's so much you can do, be it uh, go hunting with a Zabby Bushman. Uh, there's the Maasai tribe around there that you can do. Um, there's so many different things you can go. Perhaps chimp trekking. Uh-huh. Uh, chimps had never ever been on my uh, my list to do, and I kind of went there reluctantly for a film shoot one year, mm-hmm. and I was just completely blown away by it. And there's a place called the Mahali Mountains in southern Tanzania. That's on the the edge of Lake Tanganyika, okay. and it was so much so I just went back again actually in in my pe- uh, recent trip here, uh, and. I just thought it was incredible. Similar to my first one, it, it was just something that exceeded all expectations and that it's trekking chimps in the mountains for a couple of days. And how close do you get? You get really close, actually. And one time when I was, had the camera rolling, uh, I heard some shuffling behind me and usually it's my host just doing whatever he's doing while I'm getting wildlife. And so I stuck my hand out saying, like, stop moving, and I turned around and it was actually a <laughs> chimp that was coming up behind me. So the guys had a good kick out of that. But.
1: Wow. And when you look into their eyes, I mean, particularly in, in the wild, you you see something there.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's... You realize that we are closely related and... Uh... Yeah, they're very human-like. A lot of the emotions and stuff that they go through are very similar. It's kind of like hanging around my son's schoolyard. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you've just
1: also had uh, one of the experiences that were the high point of one of my African uh, trips, and that is to go up in a hot air balloon.
2: Yes, yes, definitely. I I think a lot of people have that. uh, Because to go up in a hot air balloon is special, but to do it with a migration at at the same time is just beyond. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing the swirling patterns of the migration. And you think, this, this can't be. And yet yeah. it, 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 it truly is. And then, of course, it, you, you come down in the middle of, of nowhere and you yeah. uh, champagne. And- you have a spectacular <laughs> English breakfast with champagne and stuff This is like ridiculous. This <laughs> is <laughs> so otherworldly. But again, if you're going that far, just push the boat out a little yeah. bit further. And-
2: yeah, it is a bit expensive to do, yeah. but uh, it's definitely worth it. It's one of those highlights you'll remember forever.
1: And cycling safaris too, possible. Yeah,
2: you can do it often as an activity. So when you want to get out of your vehicle for a day, you can do canoeing, you can do biking. And uh, Wao's sort of had that uh, in their mind for a long time that you really need to get out and touch the earth around you. And they do it through many activities, village walks um, and activities. There's lots to do. Okay, one, uh, one last question
1: for both of you. Just briefly one magical moment from your time in Tanzania.
3: Mine would have to be coming across a herd of elephants just coming out of the water, thinking there were 10, being able to stop the vehicle, it was a private vehicle, um, being able to stop the vehicle and watching them for around two hours and noticing all their interactions, etc. Noticing that there were, in fact, 80 elephants, 80 wow. elephants, and there were in the background giraffes necking. <laughs> And I just like to the, use that word. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do you,
1: that. You haven't seen anyone necking until you've seen a giraffe neck. <laughs>
2: Mike, what about so. you? <laughs> uh, probably in my last uh, time, we set up a little satellite camp, and it turned out to be in lion territory. And most people get a bit scared about wild animals and stuff. And once you're in a tent, you're completely safe. And uh, throughout the night, we had this coalition of male lions who uh, decided that our camp was the place they wanted to be. And once up in the middle of the night, probably about six feet from my tent, and just lay let out an earth-shattering roar. Wow. And they used roars to communicate. This was so loud and so... Uh, striking that you can actually feel the ground vibrate next to the, the tent or underneath you. And we were just in these little small tents, not in the ones that we use for guests. But uh, yeah, probably one of the most magical experiences. Most people would get scared, but I love that sort of thing <laughs> uh, because I know you have nothing to fear inside the tent.
1: Fantastic. The place to go to for more information about making all of this a reality Serengeti Safari Co. com. My thanks to Janine and Michael for taking us on this very exotic adventure in Africa. You're clearly the absolutely ideal people to, uh, to show other Canadians just what a wonderful time and what a wonderful place they can have it in East Africa.
3: Yes, thanks for having us, Chris.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you very much. Join us next week for another travel experience, of course. And in the meantime, you can find links to, uh, to this and to those wonderful photographs that we were talking about earlier at chrisrobinsontravelshow.com. Until then, bon voyage and cheerio from the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Hi, Chris Robinson here again with our weekly roundup of travel news. Last week I told you about the US Department of Homeland Security tightening security measures for some airports with direct flights to the US. You may now be asked to power up your laptop and cell phone before being allowed to board your flight. And if you're out of power, then you'll not be allowed to take the device on the plane. Well, now the UK has announced that it too is following suit with a similar escalation of airport anti-terror checks on electronic gadgets. Official advice to travellers from the Department for Transport now includes those flying to and from the UK, and it warns... Make sure that your electronic devices are charged before you travel. If your device doesn't switch on, you won't be allowed to bring it onto the aircraft. Now, as well as mobile phones and laptops, the directive also includes a range of other battery-operated electronic devices such as electrical shavers, travel irons, hair dryers, hair straighteners and camera equipment. Some airlines, such as BA, have pledged to send on confiscated electronics to the traveller's home address. But frankly, there's still a lot of confusion surrounding these new flying restrictions. So the best advice is to double-check that all of your devices can power up before heading to the airport. Thank you for all your emails to The Travel Show, and do keep them coming. We aired a couple last week, and here are two more. Paul from Mitobico asked a follow-up question to our show on Virginia about the wineries in northern Virginia. And yes, there are many excellent wineries in this part of Virginia. Loudoun is the heart of Virginia's wine-producing region with wineries and breweries scattered across this gorgeous countryside. It's also known as DC's wine country. See their website for all the details at visitloudoun.org. Particularly recommended are the Hillsborough Vineyards, perched along a mountain slope with a tasting room housed in a renovated 1840s stone barn. And Bro Vineyards, one of Virginia's largest wineries with over 100 acres of vineyards planted amidst manicured lawns and beautiful landscaped terraces. Tina from Peterborough emails asking if we're going to feature Germany on the travel show anytime soon, perhaps prompted by all the World Cup furore. And I'm pleased to say that the answer is yes – we have a show planned to cover this popular European destination in a couple of months' time, in which we'll cover all aspects of travel to the country, including their iconic Christmas markets. There's just time to mention a cracking travel deal from Aer Lingus this week. If you're flying with them to Ireland this summer, they are offering a 50% discount on their onward destinations across Europe from August through to October. Find out more at airlingus.com and air is spelt A-E-R. I'm looking forward to next week's travel show, when we'll be touring around one of Ontario's most attractive regions, Ontario's Highlands, from the Halliburton Highlands in the west to the Ottawa Valley in the east. And I have to declare a vested interest in this one. I love the area so much that I have a cottage on Lake Powdash near Bancroft, right in the heart of this region. So I know the area well, and I certainly cherish it. We'll have four local experts on the show to introduce us to the delights of this destination, from soft adventure and nature to local arts and rock hounding, which, as regular listeners to the show will know, is another one of my personal passions. Do you want to know where to find crystals to make your eyes pop? Well, if so... You should listen to The Travel Show next Saturday at 1pm here on AM740 Zuma Radio as we go rocking in Ontario on The Chris Robinson Travel Show.